this higher education baby learning with no ceilings and we go chilling and we world building it's a dope feeling i should hold my mic there we go welcome to the wonderful world of yazi podcast i am your host yazi shout out to smack talk productions for producing this fucking fire as always these motherfuckers are absolute geniuses and adamant professionals and i love the fuck out of y'all motherfuckers um thank you thank you um again i'm finna stop like just get right into this shit uh i am smoking on consigliere flower um it is local ohio um cincinnati organic cannabis uh this strain is from gauge green group um i forgot what the lineage is but it is very very gassy uh, with like nice little subtle hints of grape hence the name concord um this shit is fucking fire holy shit i always wanted to do that because lil wayne's one of my favorite fucking rappers so like hearing the goddamn like joint or blunt blunt crackle in there was just absolutely enlightening that shit was super cool all right so uh, next time actually i'll bring some more i'm just running a little bit low um uh hopefully consigliere gonna help uh help me out with a little bit of sponsorship you know what i'm saying we gotta work our way up to that point though but we gonna get there so shout out to consigliere flower for getting me motivated in the zone to talk about one of my favorite things to talk about ever which is indigenous microorganisms so bear with me everyone just bear with me for a second um we are going to get real nerdy um i would on my first episode um i got some really really cool critique from homies about like they loved uh the subject matter i was talking about they uh they thought my points were great but uh i also got to remember i'm like i'm talking to people who i don't know and y'all know me so I really reflected on what's the easiest way for me to like get comfortable in front of talking in front of a camera and like, you know, just having people understand who I am. And that's just talk about some nature shit. I fuck with nature heavily. So uh, I'm super passionate about it. So when I just start to talk about it, I just start to, you know, unleash and get into my true self. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Indigenous microorganisms or IMO uh, for short, IMO. So it's very simple. It's exactly what it sounds like. Indigenous microorganisms are all of the organisms that are always around us, particularly in the soil. That's what we're going to be talking about, the indigenous microorganisms in the soil. So um, I'm not going to get into the names and all of them because I don't want to turn anybody off with the with the nerdy terminology. We're going to get into that later after we understand the concept. But basically, it's all the microorganisms that have been there for millions and millions of years uh, that have grown to said specific environment, have grown defenses, have grown, I mean, damn near perfect life for millions of years. Um, So what we do with indigenous microorganisms is we try to cultivate them. So the process when we do this, we get um, cedar boxes. Uh, you can do, there's several different ways you, the coolest thing about this is you do what you can with what you have to, what, what you got to work with. I've seen people use baskets to get their collections, but you get some rice, you cook it al dente. If you're in like a humid environment, um, if you're not, if you're in like a dry environment, you can cook it 
damn near like all the way. Um, you put it in a cedar box, get some holes in underneath it. You put a protective screen. I don't want my joint to go out. You put a protective screen over with a towel, uh, a cloth or a paper towel so it can breathe. And then you put it right over some mycelium, preferably in a forest. What is mycelium? Anybody in real life who's ever fucked with me in real life knows that I talk about mycelium. I have even said that I am a human version of mycelium because I am a connector. And that is my goal in life is to connect as many people as possible so they can communicate and make magic happen. That's what mycelium is. They're the little white little thin lines that kind of look like roots, like little fuzzy roots. And those are actually a very, very, very complex fungi. And what they do is those are the communication networks that are underneath all forests and all healthy um, uh, like soils that literally keep the trees, the grasses, the plants, anything that you have keeps them in constant communication with one another. That's how cool they are. They're just, they work as the synapses in our brain work as to carry uh, information. They are literally electric, like electric organisms that carry messages. So when you get to an area where you find a bunch of that, you put the box on top of that. You want to give it a nice little cover. Once you give it the nice little cover, uh, because raccoons, deer, rabbits, uh, varmin quote unquote they'll try to get at that rice that rice is good um you also want to put something over it to protect if it you know it's going to rain don't let it get rained on you don't want that you don't want it soggy it will um compromise the um collection so you wait about depending on your environment four to seven days you get it and you'll see it ha it'll have a couple of colors on it but it'll be this thick white fuzz You'll break it down and it'll it'll crumble. If it's slimy, you have a bad collection and you'll have to take pieces off of it. And that means it was just too wet or the rice was cooked too much. It was just too much too much moisture. Um, but if it's crumbly and you got all the white, you got a couple of colors here and there, which are going to be active cultures, then you have a perfect indigenous microorganism collection. And what you can do with that, you can go and either directly take those indigenous microorganisms. You can put that in your garden. Just take those little clumps of rice, put in the garden, cover it with a little bit of wood chips. Keep doing that for about two times every week. And now you just inoculated your entire garden with pure forest indigenous million year old organisms. So now you have to do significantly less work because you just added to an actual natural closed nutrient cycle because there's a bunch of nutrients, there's a bunch of nematodes, there's a bunch of microbes in there that no matter how hard you try, you cannot duplicate. You just have to go and collect. You have to find, you have to bring something to make them want to come out. And guess what happens when those indigenous microorganisms, when they colonize, they actually benefit instead of take over. It's not going to be one type of fungi or bacteria. They're actually going to invite a party of really, really good beneficial bacterias with them. So they don't want to party by themselves and do it by themselves. They actually want to invite, hey, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? 
We want all cohesion. We don't want battles. In nature, everybody likes to always point out to lions and all the viciousness of nature. Yes, that is absolutely a part of nature, but what about the cohesion when we see all the animals at the water hole and we see the lions not, not eating, eating everything up? You know, everything is based on resources. So if you give indigenous microorganisms the proper resources in order to thrive, they're not going to colonize and take over. They're going to colonize and draw more life. So that is the nutshell of indigenous microorganisms. This gets more complicated than that, but I just thought that would be a great little um, uh, wrap up. Now, where it gets really cool to me and how I think and the Yazi version is I like to think of macroorganisms, which are us. We are the big versions because everything is a scale. And since everything is scaled, we can literally see all of the various ways and way we mimic nature. So since we mimic nature, I can even see just in the soil how life can easily work as long as you treat the organisms there that have already been there with love care and resources so why i like to relate that to the macro of today is i like to think of before white supremacy and we're going to refer to white supremacy as the sterilization disease in the macro uh imo uh talk theory imo theory so since before white supremacy, there was a bunch of just indigenous cultures all around the world that were thriving. And not only in their thriving, they were bringing so many cool things to one another. Uh, they were bringing rice, spices, different types of plants, clothing. It was actual a uh, really cool trade and commerce that was going on in the world because all of the indigenous people were actually like pretty much allowed to rock out. So shit got wonky about a thousand years ago um there's this documentary on hbo called um shit it's about the history of how white supremacy started it's called um it's like not when we were savages it's something along those lines i'm gonna it's i'm gonna bring it up on the bottom when uh on the screen when i remember it um but it's very very telling because about a thousand years ago i think it was it was saint paul uh created the idea of uh pure blood and non-pure blood. So if you're white, you were a pure blood. If you were non-white, you were not pure blood. And if you were not a pure blood, that means God could smite you down. Exterminate all brutes. Exterminate all brutes on HBO is a must watch for you to understand how deep uh, slavery um, and racism and white supremacy goes. And so um, making that blood rule really, really changed the whole entire game because if white people are just the pure bloods and everybody else is of not pure blood, and now that gives them cause and reason to now exterminate everything that is not of pure blood because their God said so, now that is the literal idea of if we go to the forest and we take a bucket of bleach to our favorite tree and right on the roots, we go and pour that whole goddamn bucket of bleach on that whole tree. What do you think that's going to do to all of that mycelium, all of that bacteria, all of that fungi that's been growing in that forest for at least hundreds of years? 
it's going to instantly wipe out all of that work. It's going to sterilize it. It's going to inevitably kill that tree. Because now that tree is not going to have all of those defenses that has been brought to it by literal teamwork and cohesion of millions of other organisms. All it took was just a bottle of bleach to take this whole thing down. So, in white supremacy, that is the bleach. White supremacy has spread all over the entire world and sterilized not just our societies and our minds, but it's literally sterilized the land, burned land, killed people with thousands and thousands of years of knowledge about agriculture that will never get back. So literal libraries of how to treat and work with the land will never get back. Bleach, pure bleach. So in this theory, in order to help more, comp more people uh, combat white supremacy, people don't know where to start. So we already see how to start. How we already see that in America, at least I'm just going to stick to America. We already have boxes. We already have collection boxes. We call them the hood. We call it the ghetto. We call it fucking poor neighborhoods, whatever. The boxes are already there, right? We have the collections. So, in theory, all we need to do, right, is provide the resources that those people have always needed. You provide those resources... You let those resources cook long enough. You allow relationships to build, strengthen, and develop. Get tight. A network now builds very similar to mycelium. So now these ghettos, these hoods, these poor neighborhoods, now, wow, they're actually very strong because of the immense community and relationships that they have because they've been getting all of their nutrients. They've been getting all of their fungi. They've been getting all of their bacteria that they need in order to grow. And now, guess what happens? Uh, we want more. We want more family. We want more community. We want more tribe. We want to draw more things to us. We don't want to push away. This has been proven in all of history. Even when we look at Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Black Wall Street, they don't like to tell you how many white people actually went to those black businesses because they were great and wonderful businesses that accepted everyone. It wasn't just black only. It was just black owned everything. That means anybody wanted to come and get this shit. We have great shit for you. Come enjoy us. That is the draw. That is the teamwork. But what does white supremacy do? It wants to pour bleach all over that. It wants to take planes and it wants to bomb all over the great indigenous work that those black Tulsa natives did. And they literally burned it to the ground and killed people. So now what do we see? We see them literally erase that, not even just from history, because they don't even teach that in their schools. They erase that from the whole land. And now those areas are actually pretty barren areas as far as growth goes. So we get to see how it actually relates to the psyche of society and the actual land of how white supremacy strips all indigenous micro and macro organisms. And so if you actually care about the earth or just people, 
that is why fighting white supremacy is so important because it has there's such an umbrella you fighting for nature is fighting against white supremacy you fighting for human equality or human rights i don't like to use human equality human rights just fighting for human rights that's fighting against white supremacy there are so many fights that you can actually pick but people need to actually fight so nature is the really easiest to me you grow your own food you are a gnarly activist the times we are getting on of food shortages throughout the world you learn some of these natural farming techniques you are doing activism you're doing what your ancestors already knew and did and are giving back to receive that's all this whole shit is giving what you would like to receive and not taking more than you can give that's the whole concept of this whole shit that we're going through on this really weird fucking plane of reality. And so, man, I just went a little bit, a little bit ham on that one. Shit, I went in my bag on that one. Damn, that happens sometimes. I just fucking kind of go in a little zone and then my ADHD fucking snaps. I'm like, oh shit, where am I now? Oh, I'm talking. So, yeah, uh, I'm, again, I'm very into nature. I, I, it's, I'm more than, more than passionate about it. It's something that, uh. I wish more people were upset about because like the people who can change shit are are not and they're putting the onus on us and they're making us quarrel and fight for things like recycling and a bunch of this dumb shit when like literally they can stop making plastic yesterday. It's it is truly that easy. People are like, well, 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 no, no, the people that produce plastic can just stop making plastic. They want, but then we're going to do all this dumb ass shit where they're going to talk about, well, where am I going to get these profits from? And, oh, these people are going to lose their job. Hey, if people got to lose their jobs and not have plastic, then it is what it is. There has to be sacrifice and loss for the comforts that we have in doing shit wrong. It, there is, you cannot tear down and expect everything to be all sunshine and daisy when you tear down the goddamn building. You got to look at that building and be like, well, shit, we got to pick all this shit up now. Holy, before we even get to building, we got to clean up. God damn. People see that they have to clean up and they're like, you know, actually, I'm pretty content and comfortable with the way that shit is going. And that is how we are here today. Just completely losing more rights and more rights every fucking day. So that's why I love to interconnect nature with um, societal issues, because the more you care about nature, the more that you'll care about the people that are attacking nature. And then that will bring the fire up out of you to want to act and want to do something. Uh, Cause shit needs to be done. Yum Shin. So, uh, uh, this is a perfect time actually to shout out tribe, tribe foundation. Can I get a tribe? Thank you. Uh, you know what, what we do with tribe. Uh, we are a community organization that, uh, just basically gets it cracking for the people. Um, particularly every month, a consistent thing that we have going on every single Sunday is Potluck in the Park. Uh, Siri has, uh, Siri Amani has got this together for, I think it's been, it's been at least three years um, now. I want to say four. It's definitely been at least three. And it's been four? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. And basically, uh, she just has gotten a bunch of people together to give a fuck about uh, people. We go to the Piat Park, which is right across the street uh, from the Cincinnati Library, downtown library. And uh, we just have a bunch of medical uh, equipment, 
uh, or materials, uh, hygiene materials, food, clothing, um, all donations. Um, we be having music blasting. We got a DJ, TJG. Shout out to TJG. He be getting that shit crunk up in there. And uh, we basically just have a good time for people who deserve good times. Um, people look at them and see that they're uh, struggling and they just keep on moving on with their day. So we get at least one day out the month to show. You know what I'm saying? Nah, we, we see you. We want to talk to you. You are a person. Uh, what do you need? Take whatever you need. And uh, it's really a spectacular um, feeling to get to actually connect with, you know what I'm saying, to me, former selves is me because I've I've been homeless for uh, 10 years of my life. And so uh, I was one of those people that could have actually really used the Pollock in the park about seven years ago. I would have definitely been up in that motherfucker getting the meals, getting some shit because I definitely could have used it. So, um, yeah, uh, shout out to the Tribe Foundation. Shout out to Siri. Shout out to Taylor. Shout out to Kayla. Shout out to uh, Yala, Jess. Whichever one you going by now, I know you be switching it up on me. Um, yeah, shout out to every single. I know I'm missing hella people. Shout out to everybody who be coming down to uh, support, show some love, donate, whatever. Uh, the more the merrier. Um, so that's again, that's Pollock in the Park every final Sunday of the month. All right, sick. Uh, I forgot to mention some notes just real quick about uh, Korean Natural Farm, and I need to send a shout out to couple of my teachers because without them I would not have any of this and uh, it's very important to show uh, appreciation for the people who have given you the gift of knowledge so um, first and foremost I like to send a shout out to Chris Trump no relation the motherfucker always got to say that shit because people hear Trump and instantly ears perk up like oh Trump oh Trump like shit is we get it we get it so um, he actually, his family owns the largest macadamia, organic macadamia nut farm in the entire world. Um, they use all completely um, Korean natural farming uh, regenerative methods. Um, and the way that they got their farm going on regenerative methods is because they had a, I think it might have been blight. Um, it was some really fucked up disease that was killing them all. Uh, they didn't have any options. They were going to have to sell the entire farm. Uh, and so you just tried this on a little bit of their land. It worked on a couple of the trees, did half of it, started going ham, and then really dove in. This man then was like, holy shit, this is really crazy. So then he went to Korea uh, to actually learn from Master Cho. Yes, that is his name, Master Cho. He is uh, one of the coolest motherfuckers in world history. Uh, Master Cho is the person that uh, coined the term Korean natural farming. So the reason all this, you, a lot of this information isn't very Googleable. That's why uh, I'll send all of the um, the uh, accounts for y'all to go to to get these resources, because uh, America, it's illegal to have uh, various different types of like agriculture. So they don't even have books in English. So there's like a lot of like Japanese, Korean, uh, fucking African, uh, various African nations, uh, like agriculture books that actually have to be translated to English because they're they're not so he um, also made this uh, free source um, he made this free source knowledge so somebody couldn't like monopolize and be like oh I am the controller of all natural farming because that's not what it's about it's about everybody getting as a collective and doing it together 
and uh, Master Cho is just super cool. Like you can see videos of him on YouTube and stuff. But he's an old school like Korean cat. Like if you think of like an old sensei, like he believes in corporal punishment. Like he'll smack you upside your head real quick. Like super fucking hilarious, dude. So like shout out Master Cho. Shout out Chris Trump. Um, I'd also like to send a shout out to Wendy Kornberg. She is one of the owners of Sunnibus Farms in Humboldt County, California. She does 100% uh, regenerative methods with uh, her cannabis. And I have yet to try it, but she taught me so much at our intensive that I still don't, I'm still trying to break down what she has taught me. Shout out to Wendy Kornberg. And then I'd also like to shout out Grace. Um, Grace is my personal soil smith teacher. She's the one that taught me how to make uh, the IMO uh, 3, which is a different type, uh, stage of uh, indigenous microorganisms. Uh, and she was uh, our leader and our coach. And I want to send a big shout out to her because she also is providing me and my business partner, Val. We have a business called Val and Yazi Sober Shack, sober in quotations. Um, and we will actually be at the Divine Pine Gathering that she is throwing up in Michigan July 29th through 31st. Um, so she not only has taught me about the earth, uh, but she also is providing me with opportunities to provide people with the lessons that she fucking taught me. So I don't know. Just got to send her the utmost love. Shout out to fucking Grace. Um, yeah, those are my last notes on my fucking uh, Korean natural farming indigenous microorganisms. And yes, I would like to show this off because I'm very proud of this book. This book literally is just notes and notes and notes and notes and notes full of actual crazy ass information that I took myself. And like, as an adult, it was super cool, this experience, because, like, I hated school like a motherfucker. I hate these motherfuckers talking to me. Just sound dumb as hell. Not ever really, really engaged um, unless it's specifically about the topic that I like. And even then, like, I, I'd go off on my own tangent about it, and then I'm bored, and you're not keeping my attention. I'm just trying to get up out of here. There was no moments of that I was fully engaged because I'm, like, playing with dirt, and I'm, like, getting all into it. So it even taught me about education and how fucking stupid and rigid education is and how they make you just stick to the this fucking seat and this dumb ass shit and they call you a bad kid because you want to fucking move because you already get the fucking point and so when I was like damn I've never been a bad student I've always been a great student I just had so many shitty teachers I've just had really really bad curriculums and if I've had that means probably all of us have and we all just have to be put in environments to where the teachers just got to be better and the curriculum just can't be ass so that was a really cool reflection of uh of that class as well that I was like my mind was like blown like I know I love to learn I know I'm a nerd but like it doesn't seem like you're learning when you're reading comics or you're watching movies or you're watching series it doesn't you're watching sports it doesn't feel like you're really like nerding out even though you are but, like, when you in, like, a classroom and motherfuckers using all these scientific terms and they saying nematode and fucking hydrolysis and all, you like, whoa, right on, right on. Okay, there, okay, there. Yeah, I'm in class, class. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's that's just fucking, that's sick. So, uh, uh I'm going to do it just real quick. You're just going to make it real quick. I've been thinking about this thing, right? And the thing that I've been thinking about is 
uptown niggas. And the thing about uptown niggas is that Smack Talk Productions is one of the greatest, greatest, greatest production companies out there. Adamant Professionals, the greatest, greatest quality you could ever ask for by some of the honestly sweetest dudes of all time. Shout out to Smack Talk Productions for getting this shit A1 crispy. So, hey, gang, <laughs> gang, 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 you already know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, so uptown niggas. Actually, I'm gonna spark the uh, I'm gonna spark the J up when I talk about uptown niggas. So let me preface this: any uptown nigga listen to this, can you please listen to the whole thing? Don't go and get upset and emotional off the goddamn first part that I'm about to say, because it's gonna be easy. To get emotional and upset at me off the first parts that I'm about to say. But one thing about myself is I'm uh, I'm a little bit too honest sometimes. Uh, very brutally honest with myself. Um, and sometimes uh, my thoughts could be kept to myself. Yeah, fuck that. Um, I'm, I got to take a couple hits with this because <laughs> my boy Sweetie. Shout out Sweetie Mac. Hey, uh, make sure y'all go stream some Sweetie Mac, man. It's one of the... the coldest artist out also one of the most amazing human beings you'll ever find swooty mac that's my nigga shout out but uh he's uh i guess he's he's technically yeah he's technically an uptown nigga because he went to uh Wenton woods i think yeah i think one of them he up north all right up north so i am from clifton gaslight it is not a hood of Cincinnati. It's actually one of the nicer neighborhoods of Cincinnati. Uh, in the era I grew up in, though, uh, Clifton Gaslight was the spot that you, that was the party neighborhood. Everybody from, it was Performing Arts, Clark, and Walnut Hills, all would get off the bus and go to the fountain and go to Burnett Woods. That's just we was we was some ratchet ass teenagers doing ratchet shit in the woods. We went to there's a spot called the Funeral Home that we all posted up at. Uh it was a skate spot, but we would all just, you know, hang out, smoke some weed, do all that shit. Um and so I didn't have many 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 interactions with uptown niggas in high school unless it was at the teen parties we used to go to. Um, that's when I would meet, like, some of my homies' friends. So, like, for instance, like, my, my nigga Chelsea. Shout out Chelsea. Chelsea's uh, one of my most beloved, beloved friends. She's the one that actually got me motivated and got me connected um, into the cannabis industry by going up to Cannabis Cups with me up in Michigan. Shout out to you, Chelsea. I love you very much. Um, and so she from – she lived in Mount Airy in high school. And I used to roast her like, damn, nigga, you, you from up north, north. You live in the country. Like, that's the shit that I would say. But then I get gnarlier, and I always said that niggas from Hamilton and niggas from Middletown are weirdos. And I said they was weirdos because they, like, they like Price Hill niggas. They be letting white people say nigga hella. And 
That's why I always, that's the singular reason why I didn't like uh, Uptown niggas. I thought they was fucking weirdos. Like, why y'all be letting these white boys, like, get away with this? Not realizing that the little dash of white boys I'm getting are their versions of Price Hill. (laughs) Not understanding that is the only spots in their particular places where those happening. Guess what? They're not in those spots. And so, now that I understand that, it's really funny, too, because most of the music that I listen to now, because uh, I don't listen to popular music anymore because Cincinnati's music is so top tier that I don't find a need to outsource when my home is providing such quality. Um, and so most of the niggas I fuck with musically, I, over 60% of these niggas is uptown niggas. God damn it, would you believe that? Over, I'm talking shit about these niggas my whole high school, not really knowing none of these niggas. And I'm over here, oh shit, Devin Bird, what? Swoop, what? Benji, what? Oh, Seafood, what? Peso, what? Oh, damn, these niggas rocking. Oh, y'all from Forest Park? (laughs) What? From Hamiltonia? What? Shout out Roberto, my home, my, my boy Roberto, motherfucker. He is from Texas and Hamilton, <laughs> Hamiltonia. So, I just think it's super beautiful because um, this is an interconnected part of what I understand about uh, up north niggas, right? So gentrification in Cincinnati, particularly in this one movement, because my peoples grew. Uh, my peoples are from downtown. Uh, Old OTR and Wesleyan. Uh, but my family has been very, very devastated by crack. And so uh, their homes have been just, you know, squandered away just by bad decisions uh, from illness. Um, and so there's this neighborhood downtown uh, that used to be called the Smokestacks. Um, there's still a couple of buildings um, left, uh, like one apartment building, but there used to be a bunch of them and they used to be like the hood hood. Uh, the Smokestacks. They tore those down, and now it's known as City West. But most of those people had to relocate. So over 100 families, they had to relocate up north. So they went to Forest Park, Fairfield, Middletown, and Hamilton. What happened was uh, all of the beefs and all of the issues that all of them had, they didn't go anywhere. They just took them up north. They didn't do anything about the problem. They just moved the problem. The problem is lack of resources, uh purposeful uh like redlining by cincinnati to make sure they don't get resources down there and you move them up north still no resources you still now they just got to get different jobs and just do different shit with the same issues so then once i realized that i was like oh my god these are just like just removed from gentrification cincinnatians so then that made me think of why the greater cincinnati area term is actually very important Because gentrification in Cincinnati has truly affected Cincinnati families so hard that people had to move out of their fucking cities, their own cities, to go and have a home. That is insane. And so for me to have any animus or any hate in my heart for any human being because of what white supremacy has done to my people is crazy, but that's how they do us. These are my people that have been removed and still not helped. And guess what happened when they moved up north to a little bit more of the country? 
they had this fucking city slickness and that understanding how the city go. But then they also got a little bit of that country swag, that real life, that actual nature. So you have the actual understanding of society and how it works in, in you know, larger cities. But you also know how to maneuver and you got that soul of the fucking country. So uptown niggas have a really, really cool, cool balance. Cincinnati niggas in general just have a cool balance of city and country. But the farther north you go, for some reason, it just a little bit more, got a little bit more soul. And it's fucking fire and it's hard. So I just want to really like, I want to shout out all the uptown artists. I want to tell y'all to fucking keep producing that crazy ass fire y'all keep on coming out with. I never would have thought the amazing music that y'all make would come from that place of Ohio. But I am honestly happy that it does because y'all are doing some really amazing, crazy shit. And I'm proud of y'all motherfuckers. So shout out to Uptown. That's fucking Mount Healthy, fucking North College Hill. Uh, We going all the way up to Fairfield, Hamilton, Middletown, uh, Forest Park. I hit up. No, I. Loveland is like high key, still like a sundown town. Like I'm like, I'm like not. Yo, speaking of sundown towns, Reading was literally um a sundown town until like thirty years ago, until like the eighties, like literally until like nineteen eighty five or six. Still a fucking sundown town, fam. That means that means if so they so so they made Uno in. Uh, Reading, Ohio. That's where Uno was created. That's the home of it. So that means if one of the kids had, had a black friend, they brought him over. It was like, oh, we're playing Uno. Be like, better be out by 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 seven o'clock. But he's ten, Dad. Better be out by seven, son. Oh shit. Yeah, that's what time that that's how crazy Cincinnati is. So it's really, really, really cool that like. That much soul, that much culture can still come from places that it was never supposed to come from. That is just the heart and the spirit of us and y'all fucking rocking that shit out. Um, yeah, man. That's my fucking stream of consciousness for the day. I think I I think I rocked that one out. That was pretty cool. I made some really cool connections and brought some shit back that I didn't even think I could connect back. So hey, and I'm getting more comfortable on this motherfucker. For some reason, the three cameras is way more fun than the two. It's like, for some reason, two, it's like, oh, man, I feel bad that the other one is getting more attention. This one, I'm like, hey, this is, what is it called? A uh, This is a harem. It's a camera harem. <laughs> a carom? A carom? Carom? A carom. Let's go. <laughs> but uh, you already know what time it is. We are exiting it out with the fucking amazing wonderful world of Yazi uh, theme song presented by the magical illustrious Jay Hill we get into this shit thank you for listening let the fuck out of y'all motherfuckers open your eyes homie it's a colorful world that I see I see it's unusual air that I breathe I breathe it's always going up wherever I be I be but it's so much to discover beyond the beyond the beyond it's a puzzling world it's a different life it's an interesting world with Yazi, Yazi, it's a difficult world, still a beautiful life, it's the wonderful world of Yazi, 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 Yazi.